On yesterday, February 13th, 2023, Nationals principal owner Ted Lerner passed away at the age of 97 years old. So on today's episode, we are going to start by remembering Ted Lerner, the man who brought D.C. baseball once again. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day as we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Ryan Clary, and I have taken my passion for this team here in Washington, D.C. in the podcast form here with the Locked On Podcast Network where you get your team every single day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And as I was saying, 97 years old, Mr. Ted Lerner himself, one of the few men that brought baseball back to Washington, D.C., has passed away. And this is not an easy day. Obviously, Ted Lerner was someone who was so prominent in this area, not only for what he did for the Washington Nationals and for baseball here in the nation's capital, but what he did outside of baseball as a real estate genius. And yes, I said genius because that's what he was. That's what Ted Lerner brought to the table. When you saw the name Ted Lerner, you knew you were going to be getting a good product. This is someone who not only, as I was saying, brought baseball back to the nation's capital. This was someone who developed Wheaton Plaza, Tyson's Corner Center, Landover Mall, White Flint Mall, and then ultimately Tyson's 2, the Galleria. And if you know Tyson's Corner in this area, and really the entire United States, has become one of the most prominent malls in all of America. That was all founded by Ted Lerner himself. But his greatest accomplishment in his life, I would say, as a lifelong baseball fan, was bringing baseball back to Washington, D.C. And I'll say this. I don't think you could say he brought baseball back to D.C. because he wasn't the owner of the Montreal Expos. He bought the Nationals in 2006. But he was most certainly one of those people in the corners of the mayor's office, of Major League Baseball's office, in their corner to getting a team back in the nation's capital. Something that you may have not known about Ted Lerner was that Ted Lerner was actually an usher back at Griffith Stadium for the Washington Senators. Griffith Stadium is something to where I'm 23 years old. My grandfather talks to me about Griffith Stadium. This is someone who has been a baseball fan his entire life. A Nationals or a Senators baseball fan his entire life growing up. A D.C. resident. A self-made billionaire. He didn't come from all this money. He he made it himself. 
And as this is me personally, someone who comes from a blue collared family, that is something to where you respect so much for someone who has made it on their own and has made their wealth in particular on their own is an incredible achievement in itself. But as we've known, Ted Lerner has kind of taken a step away from the team over the last few years as he's gotten a little older. And his son, Mark Lerner, has since then stepped in as the principal owner and as the active owner who you will see on all the names. But even then, you know and I know it was a family-run team. It was the Lerner family who pitched in on these big decisions on whatever they had to make in order to make the Washington Nationals great again, which is what they did. They made Nationals baseball fun. And I say that because look at Nationals Park. Look at what we got with Nationals Park here in downtown D.C., a prominent location. And as you know, if you're a Washington fan across all sports, then you definitely know this. It is not easy getting a stadium, not only in Washington, D.C., but in downtown D.C. Well, Ted Lerner got a stadium in downtown D.C. with a view of the Capitol, a view of the Washington Monument. Well, actually, used to be a view of the Capitol. But you see where I'm going with this. This guy not only cared about what business that he was running, but he cared enough to actually be at the forefront of things. Ted Lerner was someone who, when I think of Nationals baseball, and when I think of bringing baseball back to Washington, D.C., I don't think the mayor. I don't think the commissioner. I think Ted Lerner, someone who was in the corner battling from day one to get a team here in Washington, D.C. And not only did he get that team in Washington, D.C., but this is someone who actually helped land some free agents. As Barry Sverluga wrote in the Washington Post about this, this is something to where I really found interesting because we did hear over time that Ted Lerner and Scott Boris, super agent for Bryce Harper, Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, Juan Soto, so many nationals over the years, Jason Ward. Well, Ted Lerner was the one who actually personally That's on a quote in this story from Barry's Faluga. Help get guys like Jason Worth and Max Scherzer here in D.C. And that says a lot because when you look at owners, some owners are too involved. Some owners are not involved enough. And I think Ted Lerner had a perfect mix of both. You didn't see him at the forefront of everything. He wasn't the face. He wasn't Dan Snyder for the Commanders. And also, it wasn't Artie Moreno with the Los Angeles Angels or wherever city they're located in. This was someone who cared about the team. He cared about the business. And ultimately, I do believe he cared about the fans. And that was the best part about it. Nationals Park has been a sanctuary for myself growing up. And I'm sure wherever you are listening, you could say the same. Nationals Park, were you there for opening day in 2008 when Ryan Zimmerman hit that walk-off home run to open up that beautiful stadium that we now call home? I was, and it was one of the better nights of my life up until 2019, of course. 
But that was a stadium that Ted Lerner helped orchestrate, helped get the wheels turning, and ultimately what ended up there was a beautiful ballpark that we now call our home. And that one day, truthfully, I hope that I can take my kids there to be that park because I was there at day one, and I love that stadium. And that's just one of the things to be thankful about when it comes to Ted Lerner. Because, yes, I know some people are saying, well, he did bring baseball back to D.C. He was definitely in the corner of it, but he wasn't the one that brought it back here. But what you can say, what he, what is something to where that he did definitely do was bring Nationals Park in Washington, D.C., which is tough and has made it a growing community around it with bars, restaurants, name it. They have it now in this area. So Ted Lerner is going to be someone who will be very much so missed in this community because at the end of the day, including myself, we have been hard on ownership. Obviously, within the last year, it's announced that there's going to be a possible sale of the team coming. You trade away Juan Soto. You trade away Max Scherzer and Trey Turner a year and a half ago. They weren't the most popular names in town. But what can we all sit here today, February 14th, 2023, and say thank you for? Not only for that decade run of dominance. Not only the championship in 2019. But that beautiful stadium that he put up down in the Navy Yard in Washington, D.C., in my opinion, is a top 12 ballpark in America. And that is a tough, tough achievement to be had. And I believe Ted Lerner fits that role. And what he has done for this organization has turned it into an irrelevant one. And it's now a relevant organization once again. And that is something we can all agree on and thank Ted Lerner for. So I hope Ted Lerner and his family, I wish them all the best. I hope well wishes their way. And ultimately, let's have Ted Lerner rest in peace because we are thankful for what Ted has been able to do over the years to get this organization on a winning path because that 2010s run that we had, there was one team in baseball that had more wins in that decade, and that was the Los Angeles Dodgers. That is a damn good achievement. And Ted Lerner, Mr. Ted Lerner, was at the forefront of that. So rest in peace, Ted Lerner. Well wishes to all the family alongside. And that is that. But now we do have to talk about some rule changes across the Major League Baseball earth because obviously baseball is this week. Spring training is now coming. It's just a few days away. So we do have to talk about baseball. But before that, I'm going to tell you guys about my friends over at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars that's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app it's safe secure and easy to use then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drain just like I do and guys 
the FanDuel NBA app. This is what I like to use now because this is the fun that we get to have as friends. Obviously, the Wizards, as I've been saying, they're not a good team. Any chance that you get to bet against the Wizards, do just that. And they play the Warriors tonight. Guess what? They're in trouble. Bet the Wizards to lose that game. That'll be an easy one. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. And now we get back in the Locked On Nationals here, which I always appreciate you guys making your first listen. And now we look at some of the new recent MLB rule changes as it's not really a change, but there is a now permanent solution to Major League Baseball in that extra innings ghost runner. The one that they started back in 2020 during the COVID year They implemented that a runner would be on second base at the start of the 10th inning in extra innings, and that's just what it would be. And that said runner, obviously nothing changes after that. There is just an imaginary, or not an imaginary, the runner is real, really there, but that's just how the innings start out now. And I'm here to tell you first that this is awful. I believe this change, I thought it was going to be some secondary kind of nonchalant decision that Major League Baseball would have made. And what would this have brought? Well, quicker games in a 60-game season. Well, they decided to keep it for 2021. Decided to keep it for 2022. Therefore, they decided to keep it moving forward. And that will be that. So what does it have to do? Why are they doing this Because when I think of this, was extra innings the real problem when it came to baseball? No. I think it was the least of their issues that they've had so far. But now, thinking with the ghost runner now implemented in baseball, regular season baseball now, it's not going to happen and transpire in the postseason. But this is going to be a new normal. This is the new normal. They have a ghost runner on second base, nobody out to start the inning. If you were going to do first base, sure, do it. But I think that extra 90 feet that will be added, obviously, I think it is an obvious credit to the offense and the pitching. They're getting completely screwed here, in my opinion. Not only are you going to be coming into a game in extra innings when you are down, or not down, when you're tied, and the game is on the line, and you have a runner starting off on second base, that is ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Think of it this way. Well, actually, you really can't even think of it anyway, because baseball is so unusual in itself. There's really no other comparison to this. You are giving the offense a massive advantage 
in an extra innings period to where it's supposed to be about pitching. And obviously, you need offense to produce runs, and you need runs to win a game. But that's not the point. They just want the games to end quicker. And do players like this? I'm sure some do. But I guarantee you're going to hear a loud majority speak out on this. Because it's just not natural. And if you are going to do it, why don't you just have them start on first base? Why second base? Why give them the 180 feet that people actually have to work for? Not only is a double rare, it's pretty damn rare compared to a single, compared to a walk. I think putting the runner on second base is terrible for baseball. Awful. Because what is the true product of it? You just want games to end quicker so you can have more buck in your wallet. And that's really what it comes down to. And that is the annoying part of this whole process when it comes to it. Because not only do we have to sit through this, unfortunately, most likely poor season with the Washington Nationals. But when we get to extra innings, we have to have a runner sit on second. And yes, of course, it might benefit us as well. Of course, it may benefit whoever. But that's beside the point. It's unnatural. This isn't normal. I don't like this. And I am a traditionalist in a sense when it comes to this said problem. With that being said, I do believe that this is not beneficial to anyone. Is it really going to help the bullpen? I guess. I guess it's going to help save some arms. But even then, how much average time did it shave off a game? Yes, I guess it's a good thing to not go 18 innings. But also in the NBA, here's the best analogy I could come up with. Give the away team a five-point lead in overtime so they don't have to play multiple overtimes? I don't even know what the analogy would be because it just simply does not make any sense. But before I get into the rest of it, thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen. Now make MLB Prospects your second listen, hosted by Lindsey Crosby. That podcast is available wherever you get your said podcast. But it just doesn't make sense. And not only does it not make sense, it's just kind of, eh, dumb, not natural to name a few. It's just not what I'm here for. I'm here to watch baseball. I'm here to watch a baseball team win a game. I'm here to maybe watch a baseball team lose a game. It doesn't matter. It's just unnatural. It's weird to give them a whole 180 feet to get that advantage. I think it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous that Major League Baseball made this decision and didn't think of anything of it. At first, it was just a little tactic through the COVID season. Like, hey, we need to quicken up these games. 60-game seasons. We can't afford to have someone play 18 innings and then go the next day and have no bullpen because these games mean way too much when it comes to that. And I actually do agree with that. But also, not only that, there is the pitch clock, the end of the shift and more. But ultimately, something we haven't really gotten into this year is the pitch clock. And I may catch you by surprise, but am I fond of that said pitch clock that will be given out balls to people who don't do well with this pitch clock 
Well, you'll find out my answer, and it's uh, pretty passionate, I'd say. You'll find out, but before, I'm going to tell you guys about my friends over at Built Bar. Are you looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. What makes Built Bar so good? Well, for starters, they are all covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. What's even better is that they are healthy, only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. My personal favorite. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. Guys, as always, you can thank me later. And now we get back into the rule change discussion as I kind of just went on on a tangent there with that extra runner being enforced on second base in the extra innings. I'm not a fan of it. I've made that known. I'm probably being annoying about that from here on out. But there is another change with the pitch clock. And here's the new rule. Pitchers will have 15 seconds to throw a pitch with the bases empty and 20 seconds with a runner on base. Hitters will need to be in the batter's box with eight seconds on the pitch clock. What are we doing? What are we doing when it comes to saving time in baseball? This is the part where I don't understand about Major League Baseball. They are trying to appeal to someone who is not interested in baseball in general. All these moves, this is what the moves are about. It's about cutting time of baseball games. It's not a competition thing. Baseball hasn't been broken. Yes, have there been less eyeballs than before? Of course. Yes, baseball has kind of dwindled down a little bit. But the people who watch and the people who give you their money are still invested in the game. And it doesn't mean that these people are just okay with 18-inning games that they want to pay for and be at and see the finish of. Maybe they aren't okay with it. But I would say a majority of you and I, wherever you may be sitting taking in this podcast, you and I are probably in the same boat to where it doesn't really matter what's going to happen. I'm a baseball fan. You're going to take my money no matter what. So this is the question that I ask. Who are you trying to appeal to? Because when it comes to this discussion about baseball and about saving time in a game, we're talking about minutes not ours. The people who complain about baseball games being too long are the fans who aren't fans. They are the friends coming along with baseball fans. Those are the people who don't really want to be there. They want to be there for the social gathering of it, which I totally understand. Baseball is a great way to gather with each other, get some drinks, eat some good food, and watch a game. It's simple. I know. But they're trying to cut the games down by 10 minutes and being like, oh, you better get in the box in eight seconds. 
or guess what? It's going to be a ball. No, that is stupid. That is dumb. And I know adding up these seconds in a game could save you five minutes. Oh, good. That five minutes was really going to mean something anyways. I might not take that one train home. I might take the second one that comes instead. What time is that really saving me? I'm going to be there in the seat watching the game either way. What does five minutes have to do with it? Sure, it's fine, I guess. But I also want to see Bryce Harper do his routine. I want to see Juan Soto do his routine. I want the players to be comfortable because I want the best product out there as possible. I don't really need to appeal to someone who wants the game to be 10 minutes quicker. Because what does 10 minutes mean to me? I've already set out the time and the place that I will be there for the entirety of the game. Truly, what does 10 minutes mean to us? The people who want to be there, who are already going to be watching the games no matter what. And that's the part that I get caught up in. Because they're trying to appeal to someone, appeal to someone that's not a baseball fan. The baseball fans will be in the seats watching the game no matter what. They don't care about a 10-minute longer game. Guess what? If it's a longer game, sometimes, most of the time, usually means the game is pretty damn good. So the appealing to other crowds outside of baseball fans has the been the most egregious argument ever to made. And this is something obviously I feel very passionate about because I'm way too fired up about this and I should be, but it's dumb. If I was running a bakery, I would appeal to people who eat scones, who eat croissants, who eat cookies, not people who go out and get avocado toast or whatever healthy thing that healthy people eat. That's who I'm appealing to. So they should appeal to the market that they are in, baseball fans, and make moves that baseball fans want to see. Not the soccer fan, not the football fan, the baseball fans. Stay in your lane, grow the sport, and continue to do that. Because I'm not buying the 10 minutes is going to help people stay in their seats. It's not going to help at all, in my opinion. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I will gladly admit that I'm wrong. It doesn't matter either way for me because I'm going to still watch and I'm going to be there. So thank you for making Locked On Nationals your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On MLB Prospects hosted by my guy, Lindsey Crosby. And of course, he is the prospect encyclopedia. So you can get that podcast wherever it is because it is free and available wherever you get that pod. So thank you guys again for tuning in today. And of course, we remember Ted Lerner for the man who brought baseball back to the nation's capital. And that is something that you and I can forever be grateful for. So thank you, Ted Lerner. And our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family.